This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you in the studio. Listeners, we've got a question that I I, I know that I've been asked this question before as a pastor, and I'm, I'm assuming, Michael, you have too. It's not very common, but it is a question that's often asked by parents and especially grandparents when they have younger children. So the question goes like this, is there an age of accountability? So let's talk about what are they really asking? What are they inferring? And then let's back up and see if we can answer the question. Yeah, I think they're trying to scratch two itches. One is, is God fair? Mm, That's at the core of this question. The other is a more personal one. So um, what about my miscarriage? What about my child who passed away? What about uh, my son or daughter with Down syndrome? Uh, What about people with reduced mental faculty? You know, the list goes on and on and on in terms of the potential uh, of how this would apply. But even underneath all that, there is a personal side. The big question is, is God fair? Mm-hmm. So, and, and we could frame it like this if we want to just put it bluntly on the table. A God who would send an aborted fetus to hell forever for something they never even consciously did feels very unjust. And yeah. I would I would concur with that sure. conclusion. Actually, I would, I would tell you that all of my sensibilities feel violated by that thought, you know? But then... The question continues in, okay, if, for example, there's no evidence that God sends babies to hell, then what about 10-year-olds? Like, mm-hmm. what is that yes. age, you know, where things shift? So let's just put all the evidence maybe that we can on the table, and then we can kind of sort it out. So one of them would be David's son, what he says. Tell everybody what he says about that. Yeah, what you're referring to is 2 Samuel chapter 12, and this is the the account where David has now sinned with Bathsheba. Bathsheba is pregnant, and if any of our listeners know the story, they know there's a lot more to this story than what I'm going to give. Don't commit adultery and then kill the husband. Yes. Word of advice. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but now David is taking Bathsheba as his wife. She's pregnant. He's excited about having another child, and then the child is sick. And David fasts and prays and, you know, he goes before the Lord and he falls before him. And, you know, he's, he's begging and pleading with the Lord, Lord, please don't punish this child for my sin. And yet the Lord chooses to answer David's request by taking the child. And now David is, his response is so different than what the servants expected. Mm. They expected David to go ballistic and, you know, he's put on sackcloth and ashes. He's prayed. He's, he's retreated to a time of solitude and prayer. And then they tell him the child's died. And David says, okay, I'm going to wash my face, get food ready. And then he makes a statement that most of us don't understand. You know, he says, look, in essence, This child cannot come back to me. I understand that. Mm. But one day I will be able to go and see this child. Yep. And the the implication is that when David dies, he's going to go to heaven. And then when he dies, he's going to go to the place where the the child is. And the simple challenge of that is David's understanding of the afterlife was pretty minimal compared Mm -hmm. to the New Testament first century understanding. So like the afterlife – was this um, aspect of progressive revelation that God revealed more and more about it as literally centuries went yes. on. Um, even in the book of Isaiah, we're starting to get clearer and clearer pictures of heaven and hell, new heaven, new earth, et cetera. But that, 
But that was also, what, 300 years after, after David? David. Yeah. But at the same time, it doesn't mitigate or, or cancel out what David is actually saying, which mm-hmm. is when I die, I'm going to go to a better place, whatever that better place is. This child's going to be there. This child's going to be there. And then somebody could retort, though, and say, yes, that is describing accurately what David said. But just because it's describing what David said, does that mean that it's affirming what David said? Mm, Therein is like, uh, David also committed adultery. Does that mean the Bible's affirming, you know? There's a lot of things that David says that are not necessarily affirmed, but described. So that's one category. Another one is with the exodus of the Israelites going into the promised land. Mm -hmm. That generation just sinned massively. And basically, here's what God says. Everybody under 20 years old, they're going to go in. And everybody above 20 years old, you're going to die in the wilderness. Yeah, you're you're not making it, buddy. The doors to the promised land aren't going to be open to that last person uh, who is 20 or older at the time of that judgment dead. And that's a long time to wait. I mean, that's that's a whole generation of people. It's (laughs) like 40 years. And so some people have surmised, you know, like because of that, that must be, you know, 19 years old is the age of accountability. The age of accountability is this uh, extra biblical concept imposed onto the scriptures. I think maybe there's a fair way to say, and you can agree or disagree with this, Tim. The Bible doesn't really necessarily think in those terms. No, the Bible doesn't use the term, quote, unquote, age of accountability, nor does it use the term rapture. And there's all kinds of other biblical terms or Mm -hmm. theological terms that we have assigned to what is systematically taught through the scripture yeah. or alluded to in different places yeah. in or scripture. Trinity. Like you'll never read the Trinity. Yeah. Trinity is not used. All over the place. You can't get away from it. You know? But we know that the concept and the teaching of God in three persons mm. manifesting himself in three different ways is clearly taught throughout scripture. So this age of accountability, basically what we're saying, listeners, is when is there an age that a child reaches that they are now accountable for their sins? Yep. And that accountability will either allow them uh, to accept Christ as their Savior, or if they reject Christ, that then they're doomed, totally separated from God forever. So I think the best way to say the answer, and then I'll say my two cents on it, and then I'd love to actually get a little more theological on this. So like for most people, what we're about to tell them will probably satisfy because I can't mm-hmm. point to a scripture that says here's the definitive, the definitive like answer. So. When we stand on the day of judgment with God and we're judged, we watch his judgment and we're, we, we just see how all this pans out. Whatever God does with the hundreds of, um, hundreds of millions of aborted babies, whatever God does with children who die in infancy, whatever God does with uh, the 9-year-old, the 12-year-old, the 15-year-old, whatever God does, it's going to be logical and just. Yes. And the hard part is, we surmise all the possibilities, right? And we look from this seat, but we just know so little. So, but I do know this. When when you watch it all, it's going to be, you're going to be like, no way, that's a genius approach to this. And I have a theory. Uh, my theory is that heaven is going to be littered with <laughs> littered? aborted fetuses that oh. are actually redeemed and glorified yep. and all the personality and temperament and all that stuff, all of the miscarriages. And so, like, there's this um, logic in... In people's mind that, well, if it was a miscarriage, then it obviously wasn't important to God. And, and and so there's this idea that when there's a miscarriage, people don't think about it like the death of a child, you know? And You're right. Probably because it happens frequently enough that people don't know how to emotionally relate to something so small that has no ability 
to be seen. For most moms, they don't actually get the ability to see, see the child. And again, that goes back to a theological belief or mm-hmm. scientific belief. When does life begin? And I think yeah. you and I would agree. Life begins at you conception. <laughs> I, I, I think I think that's that's yeah. sarcastically saying. Yeah. I know we agree that life begins at conception. Yeah. That child that is conceived is a life with potential, not a potential life. Totally. Which, by the way, is why I think scriptures can say that people from every tribe, nation, tongue, yes. etc., and even if the only way those people are going to be brought in is because of miscarriages and early deaths, you know, or mm-hmm. or some kind of death before an age of, I don't know, accountability, if you will, I just think Kevin is going to be uh, littered with unexpected people, and it's going to be pretty unbelievable and amazing. It'll be the greatest slap in the face and redemption to um, Satan's onslaught of children. That being said, let's go deeper. Sure. Let's get theological. Let's see how smart our audience is. <laughs> how you view original sin yes. definitely affects this. So yes. let's just kind of step back. The idea of original sin, there are a lot of different concepts on it. But at the end of the day, you get down to a core thing, which is when humans are born after Adam and Eve. Well, technically, they weren't born in the way we think of it. But when every human <laughs> has ever been born since um, Adam and Eve has sin in us. Yes. And the question about that is... Does that sin in us, like all the capacity to sin, damn us, or are we only damned, not if we have the capacity, but we actually do it? So the American penal system, if you will, cannot prosecute on plausibility. Right. It can only prosecute on action. Mm-hmm. And so does the divine judge like do the same thing, you know? And and so there's two perspectives. There's probably 10 perspectives, but I'll give the two that two I think basics, we're talking yeah. about. Um, the first perspective is that we are guilty because sin has separated us from God. And it's not just what we've done. It's who we are. Uh-huh. And the only thing separating us from the action is just time, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, do I want to be friends with somebody who I know, like, has – how do I say this? Like, um, like if I had a prophetic word into, like, a little child and I know this child's going to grow up to be an evil person, but they haven't done it yet. Mm. Am I going to, like, build a friendship with that person knowing who they're going to become? And But the other option says, um, no, God doesn't prosecute for potential sin. He only prosecutes for actual sin. That's one of those things where – you could go both ways. For example, you could say it would be just for God to send every single person ever born to hell because of sin inside of them. You could say that. You could say that. Does that fly with his mercy or his grace or his larger sense of justice, which mm-hmm. is also infused into humans? Like we Correct. do have a deeper sense of justice. Like that's unnecessary, you know? And so I think I would, I don't know. I'm not going to dig a deep hole in this one. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say I lean heavily to the idea that sin needs to be actualized for it to be prosecuted and that there is some level of development before God would actually hold someone eternally responsible. That's where I lean. I'm not reading that more or less in a text. I think Mm -hmm. I have some ideas that I could go there, but I think it gives God a whole lot more glory and it allows me to make sense of passages like David and his child, like like people from every tribe, tongue, nation, like mm-hmm. what do you th- like? I, it helps me make sense of a lot of those things. And honestly, it's a hug to my heart. So I think yeah. I'm gonna just like I'm gonna hold on to that one. Unless somebody can open up scripture and say <laughs> every baby born goes to hell, you know, like yeah. they die. Like I just I've never heard because that because our ancestor Adam and Eve, because they sinned, we now are carrying the DNA of sin in yeah. us, just like we're carrying a disease with us. It's the disease of sin. 
But just because you're a carrier doesn't mean you're infectious and doesn't mean that you will automatically acquire that disease. It just means that you're a carrier. I'm hesitating to say all the things that we could say, but (laughs) I'm with you in the sense that that original sin is not what Mm -hmm. we are, quote unquote, damned to hell for. It is our action. It is our volitious sin when we choose to sin to when we choose to rebel against the nature that God has given us. And and I think that's what Paul is talking about in, in Romans chapter one, where he's talking about, hey, you know, there are those that would naturally say, hey, what about the people that never heard the gospel? What about yeah. those that never, you know, heard about Jesus? You know, how can God, that who is fair mm-hmm. and who who is just and loving, how could he send people who've never heard the gospel to a separation in hell that's a, from that's them. That's a big, deep question. And again, that's kind of the sister question to this question. Yep. And God says, no, 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 they're Somebody without should excuse. Ask that. <laughs> they're without excuse because God yeah. has revealed himself through natural revelation. But to answer this question, I think the age of accountability depends on all kinds of factors that to say that it's mm. five, six, 10, 12, 18. Yep. Uh, it just depends on when a person reaches a point where they understand what they're choosing to do is rebellion and it is unrighteous and it goes against a moral culture, a moral value that Mm. either their culture holds to or that would be a universal culture that most, most people hold to, most cultures hold to, murder is not right, stealing is not right. Now, you, they might justify it in some other way, but for a child to reach that point, it all depends. And I think for some kids who grow up in Christian homes, that age of accountability may be sooner rather than later. Yep. And those that grow up in a home where the gospel or any kind of biblical teaching it may be a little older. Yep. Yeah, one of the... One of the things that complicates the discussion is the emergence of brain science over the last like 20 yeah. years. It's been unbelievable, even what we understand about adolescent brain development, that adolescents can continue into early 20s. Adolescents do not have full brain development, and so they're making decisions based on undeveloped brains, which sure. is interesting because I think this should really inform how parents raise children, what they allow them to do, and understanding when, when you have categories of your brain that aren't developed and then you give them responsibilities that require mature brain development in certain areas like that's just not a good no but, that you're you're setting up a child right. who can't function that way can't make those right. kind of choices but it sets up a bigger issue which is okay there are moral aspects to brain development yes. and um, so at what point does one have to be fully developed i mean those are i'm surmising i'm just kind of putting the nuances of the question on the table so people know this isn't just like a like an easy question to answer. But again, I think you and I both live in this place where we say, I'm, I'm just kind of leaning optimistically that it's going to work out really well in the way that makes me feel good now. <laughs> and uh, But at the same time, I do know that whatever pans out, uh, when I see it from God's perspective, I'm going to be like, that's really smart. Yeah. Like, I don't have a better, I would do what you did having no, now what I know you know. So mm-hmm. you mentioned federal head too, which I think is really important in the in the discussion. Again, we're going a little deeper here, but um, some people get lost in theological terms, but like a, a head is a representative and a federal is like, think of the federal government. And Adam and Eve were in this in this understanding of theology were our federal head. They were representative of us. Mm-hmm. So when they sinned, we sinned. So when our government representatives make a decision, it's as if we made the decision and it impacts our life. And there's this 
kind of sense that he's our federal head, which people are like, that's not fair, right? But Jesus is also our federal head. That's he made right. a decision that represents all of humanity if humanity would accept it. The interesting thing in the age of accountability is that Jesus being our federal head, it requires, uh, if you will, trusting in Christ. Trusting. Like there's an actual action before the headship is applied or the benefits of the representative actions that he made apply to us. And the federal head position, I think, also has to take that same, print, same principle and say— Same works for sin. Yeah, like we have to do it. Again, I don't—I just don't—I lean towards that route that we're not culpable until we actually do the sin. It's not a hill I'm going to die on, and but as far as I can see, there's no better option than mm-hmm. that. Agreed. Like you're not guilty till you do it, and which means there's a whole bunch of dead people who are going to be in heaven because they never either reached an age of ability to make moral decisions or— they died young, yeah. and um, that gives me a lot of comfort and hope on that <laughs> one for sure. You know, but it's also crazy because there's a backside to this, uh, which is if Hitler would have died as a baby, as a baby, like he go to heaven. You know that age old like question, like if you could go back in time and kill one person, like yeah. who would you kill? Like, like I'd kill Hitler as a baby. Uh-huh. You would literally just send him to heaven <laughs> under this theory, you know. And but like, uh, how many? How many? I don't know. I'm just surmising. Like yeah. maybe there's. A baby that God took early because the potential evil was catastrophic to the human race. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Again, surmising. That's all. Yep. Anyways, so our next question is, mom and dad, just in case you're listening with kids in the car, because sometimes we do that. Um, press pause. We count to three. One, two, two three. three. Mom's scrambling. Ah, just hit the volume button. Hit the power button. It's going to be fine. Should I date or marry somebody with a porn addiction? Let's come back and talk about that. Please do. Next time.